Welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. All right, this made my day. Melissa Van Oss, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you, Drew? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for, for coming on. And um, yeah, it's funny. I We've known each other for a while now. And obviously, you helped me get my book out there to the masses. And I appreciate you for that. I appreciate you for a lot of things. And a lot of those things will come out today in our talk and our discussion. Um, but just how you embrace life has rubbed off on me and has helped me. And, and I'm going to guess that you've maybe not always been this way. Maybe you have, but then we're going to find out because we're, we're taught at a young age that life is linear, right? We're taught that, Hey, Melissa, if you do A, B, C, and D, you're going to get to E. And we believe it. And then we do those steps and something gets in our way that wasn't part of that formula. And we have a, a decision to make. And some of us move forward, either plow through it or move around it, and some retreat. I don't see you as the, the one who retreats. <laughs> so, so if you could reach back as, as far as you like and and grasp that defining moment that was something that just hit you and made you realize, you know, Melissa, there is a better and different way to live. And I'm going to take that route. We'll go from Mm -hmm. there. Okay. So I would say um, there's probably two things actually that come to mind when you ask that question. One happened uh, when I was a little bit younger, I would say like, um, late elementary, middle school range, you know, type of thing. And one would be more like high school range. But the first thing was that I was, um, I was a kid in my neighborhood, uh, you know, so I guess from a young age, I was an entrepreneur a little bit because I had a paper route. Mm. I don't know if they even, they probably don't even do that much anymore, but you know, as a kid, you ride your bike and you throw the papers. And I even got chased by a dog one time and got scared to death and made my stepdad drive me around for like a couple weeks until (laughs) the dog was like away. Um, but it, you know, so I would do my paper route every day, have my little stash of cash and, um, my best friend uh, lived basically like two streets in front of me and we, and I'm from a very small town, uh, like one traffic light uh, in the Midwest. If you blink, you miss it. So more, you know, soybeans than people type of feel to it. I'm I'm a country girl actually. And um, so my best friend's mom, she was um, a volunteer for our little local, you know, fire department paramedic, Mm. because it was such a small town. It was only volunteer. I think we had like one, maybe two policemen that were like paid. Everything Mm. else was like volunteer, you know, kind of community. And as I was coming down the street on my bike to give her her paper, you know, finishing my paper route, I saw her run out of the house with her stuff on. And I said to her, oh, you know, good luck with your call. I hope everything's okay. Because I knew when she had her stuff on, she was obviously going to like a fire, like, you know, an ambulance call or something. And when I got to the end of um, my paper route to turn Mm. on my street home, I realized that she was going to my house. No. Oh my gosh. So it like, 
I grew up and like my mom, my sister, everyone was there. Like they were like putting the fire out. Like literally my house burned down to the ground. Oh my gosh, Melissa. Gone. Everything. <laughs> like no more Barbies. Yeah. <laughs> no more like toys, you know, everything. Like boom. So from the time I started my paper out till I got home, I didn't have a place to live anymore. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So that was like, whoa. I mean, uh, as a kid, that you know, it's already scary when something happens as an adult. But as a kid, oh. that's even a little more like, oh my gosh, like all of our stuff's gone. Where are we gonna live? What's happening? Right. You know, right. things like that. And um, luckily, because I think again, being from a small community, you know, people automatically started like collecting things in school for like clothes and the and the church and helping us get a hotel for like you know a day and. We stayed out at my grandparents mm. and, you know, the whole process. I, I don't even remember how long it took before we had a house again, but it was like a while. Sure. Um, and so that was like, for me, a moment, like, I don't always think about it per se, but I think it really ingrained to me mm -hmm. uh, somewhat of a lesson about, you know, just how quickly things can change, mm, you know, like your life was fine and then it's kind of not. Yeah. And you don't have any more stuff. Yeah. And then almost secondly, it would be um, don't get attached to stuff. Yeah. You know, because in, in certainly in America, we're very like stuff driven, right? Yeah. Keeping yeah. up with the Jones and having the greatest, latest and best of everything. I mean, we even, you know, it's a billion dollar industry that we have so much, so much stuff. We pay to store our stuff somewhere else not <laughs> to use it, true. you yeah. know, like yeah. so. It, it kind of like taught me, you know, be grateful for what you do have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, people can be nice to pull together. And just the idea that things are can be temporary because if it's gone in a second, I mean, it's gone. You know, like Absolutely. there's certain things that just can't be replaced, but uh, most things can. Right. So you can rebuild. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was like a lesson of like, you know, being figuring out how to be resilient, you know, learning that things can be rebuilt, um, not having like a clutching attachment to physical possessions and like surrounding like, you know, like that type of that type of thing. Now You could have taken a different mindset or different approach to that. You could have taken the blame or the victim mentality and woe is me and I want my stuff back and all that. Um, at that age, that seems like there was some maturity there unless unless this just came to you later on in life but there's a lot of gratitude there and and resilience did you have that skill at that time or... i mean i think i just knew that i was like well we're just make the best of it and mm -hmm. i was really close with my grandparents and like every summer when school is out i'd run away there the whole summer i'd be like you'll see me when school starts you know bye mom i'm mm -hmm. out of here yeah so to me some of it was like oh i'm so happy because not happy, but I am happy because I get to stay in my grandparents' house longer. Okay. And like yeah. she like packs me my lunch mm. and we get all like the fun stuff. Like she yeah. gives us a couple bucks for school with our yeah. little lunch bag. And right. it so it was like um 
it was like getting close to my grandparents going through it, but like, it, you know, just having that different thing. Like we had to buy lunch at home, but at grandma's, mm. we got to pack the lunch. Yeah. We had a walk at home to school, but at grandma's, we got to ride the school bus. Uh, you know, like um, to get a little stash of a couple bucks, you know, for mm. pop. We call it pop in Ohio, you know, yeah, Coke, Pepsi yeah. at the vending machine. Right, couple right. bucks in there if you want to pop after school or something, you sure. know. Um, and that type of stuff. And then one time, you know, um, so actually my house burned down twice. What? Um, yeah, twice oh this goodness. happened. So two times, like we lost everything. Oh my God. And yeah, the second time I was a little older and I uh -huh. definitely remember that they took school, like collection of clothes at school for us, you know, and mm -hmm. things like that. And there's like, um, you know, the popular kids in school and you know they like have the more designer clothes and right. things right and so back in our days right drew it was like jordash jeans yeah yeah, yeah. brooke shields and her jordash jeans and i always wanted a pair of jordash jeans <laughs> and so surprisingly enough one of the popular girls in my class they her mom donated clothes and a pair of jordash jeans were there oh my goodness something to be thankful for so i was so happy i had jordash jeans you know <laughs> Is that when you started being that the fashionista and really? Yeah, I guess fashion? it like got me in the club a little bit to like, <laughs> yes, I am there. So, you know, I I guess it was like you know those little like, yeah. um, what do they call it, uh, silver linings of those terrible situations yeah. uh, that happened. Yeah, and you had two solid support systems for each of those occasions. You know, one family and and then I guess the neighbors too, and then you had community. school, the community. Mm -hmm. So. So I'm sure that that helped with the resiliency and with the gratitude, having having those components early in life. So exactly. How did you get through those two things? I'm not even going to ask you how your house burned down twice, but I'm sure there's a story. <laughs> oh, I'm lesson to everyone. And you'll see in my house, if it's not being used, it's not being plugged in because at least one of well, one was a dryer thing. OK, a right. uh, faulty thing with that. And the second one was an, um, uh, an appliance use an extension cord uh Ooh, so i okay. don't you'll see there's never really no any extension, extension cord. cords in my house i don't leave things plugged in and roll out i leave so some of That's, these things you know are that is something that people a lot of people don't know it's not just the safety factor it's also a cost factor even though you might not have something turned on if it's plugged in you're paying for that electricity. So, right. Yeah. So it's like a twofer. Like for mm -hmm. me, it's just like, I don't leave things plugged in. I mean, the mm -hmm. only things that are plugged in when I go certainly like out of town or something would be yeah. like the stove, the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. That's probably it. Probably Maybe it, yeah. the Roku. So it saves my logins because yeah. I'm lazy, but even the TV will be unplugged, you know, right. um, yeah. everything yeah. because I'm just, probably a little deep seated with that. Um, yeah, and if I'm at other people's houses and I see those things and I'm like, yep. yep. <laughs> and hard. then, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I will say the other thing that, um, I think moved me and has always been with me, like with this seed is just, um, I've always felt like I've been a fairly confident person okay. for whatever reason. Like my grandfather is like very known in our area. He was a, a school teacher and then an entrepreneur right. as well. So anywhere we go, people would say his name and he'd stop and chat and shake the hand, you know, and as a mm. kid, we'd be like, let's go. Come on. We're trying to leave it. Now, later, I realized, oh, that was like networking. You know, it wasn't yeah. the internet in the good yeah. old days. It was business card, my hat with the logo, the Absolutely. truck with the logo, mm -hmm. word of mouth. And 
So I think seeing, you know, like confidence in just his natural personality, I was a confident person. And in high school, I just one time I was like, well, I like to just see if sometimes if I can accomplish things, if I just want to try right. set my mind to it. And I decided I was like, let me just try out for cheerleading just because. Just because. It's okay. and, yeah. yeah, like whatever. And because I was like a band person. And like, again, it's like a small school. So some of the kids did, every, you know, like we all did everything for the right. most part. So right. I was like, let me just see if I can try out and make it. And there we go through the whole process, you know, and everything like that. And then come the selection day, they called my name. And I was like, me? And they're like, yeah, you. I was like, oh. All right. And I'm like, oh, crap. You know, like now I have to figure out how to fit this into the thing. But, you know, like it was fun to get confidence and, uh, you know, from being, you know, like in a small group yeah. in front of so like learning to be in front of a crowd and then um, just developing the mindset of maybe you don't like me or get me like, but that's OK. You either like me or you don't in life. And I don't really dwell on the people that don't get me. I want to be around the people that do get me. So that's always been a part of, I think, my makeup is like, you either get it or you don't. And I'm okay with that. It doesn't right. mean I don't just like you if you don't no. get me. No, but I tell you, that that is a wonderful skill to have at a young age. Most adolescents care what other people think about them. So they don't act, don't act or be themselves. They be the the person they believe other people will like. And you mentioned the term popular people. I, I I admire the fact that you could be true to yourself at such a young age. That is rare in these days. Um, so I can see how that that helped you through it. Now, you have a, a beautiful mix of strength. And we've talked about the resiliency. But you, you have a very em, uh, empathic side of you. And I know you've told me a story of tragedy in your life where someone passed and and you know, I had told you when my dad died, I was there when it, you know, when it happened that you've experienced that too. How did that situation, if you want to tell a little about that, mold you into the type of human being you are now, which is a very giving, uh, authentic person? Well, I think um, that experience, you know, it, it, my experience was a young, my sister's husband passed away at a young age due to uh kidney failure. He needed a kidney transplant. And now that people donate their organs, quite frankly. Um, so he was a young, healthy person who, you know, repercussions because of that disease, you know, took, took that, took him. And, um, you know, like that was like, whoa, my sister, you know, she was, we were one time at the bookstore and she just like had a breakdown because I was just trying to get her out of the house. Right. You know, after it happened, then we were looking at the grieving books and she's like, I'm so pissed. And I'm like, why? She's like, they don't have any books that say you're 28 and your husband's dead. Like, oh boy, you know? And, and I'm like, that's true. It's all like old people or military people losing, mm -hmm. you know, like from yeah. combat or different sort yeah. of circumstances, but yeah. not really anything totally addressing like a young person who mm -hmm. they're just trying to figure it out. And, you know, this happened. And oh, by the way, my nephew's like one month old, you know, so um, now she's a new mom by herself, you right. know. And so, you know, that whole process taught me to really just like, especially like any relationship you have, mm -hmm. uh, work, you know, uh, relationships, interpersonal and certainly who you're sleeping in bed with at night mm -hmm. and how you interact with your kids. But more like inter, you know, uh, personal relationship 
idea is that if I feel that I'm getting into a situation or uh, in a relationship with someone where it's conflict, Mm -hmm. drama, high tension, anxiety, any type of like red flag activity, that's like a like, whoop, that's like a I'm out kind of moment because just here's how I look at it is any second could be our last second. We don't know. Obviously, we don't know what our clock is that when this stops ticking and we so since we don't know that we do have to guard our energy and our interactions very carefully. And so it's like it's not crazy to say like if this previous moment that I had in my life right now was the last one. Mm-hmm. And I got to the pearly gates, you know, and had that moment. Would I be okay with it or would I be pissed? Mm. Okay. You yeah. know, like what, you know, because I was in anger or it was drama or I was stressed or I was living in weakness or letting the world overcome me or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like I, I very much judge uh, interactions by energy a lot and, and how, you know, my radar kind of hits to them and things right. because I think it is important to guard ourselves to make sure that we allow most all of our moments in life to be good moments, right? So right. anytime it happens, we're okay. Like ultimately we want to be okay with it as much as obviously we can be, right. you know, um, right. even though we're not in this form anymore, but we have to come to terms with, um, will we be okay? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if that happens tomorrow or whatever from now, do people, do we have good engagements? Do we value ourselves? Do mm-hmm. we make good um, impact on others? You know, how, you know, like my grandparents were very giving and did a lot of great things. And again, for community, it's like, how can I sometimes help my fellow man? And it doesn't always have to be like, I think money or even volunteering, but it's like, are you a good person in general all the time? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, are you, you see an old person crossing the street, would you help them? <laughs> you know, like, Absolutely. like Uh-oh. just yeah. you know, little moments that kind of fill you with these things. And so yeah. you feel like, okay, my people in my job are not toxic. My personal relationships are not toxic because now with social media, you know, and different things that were getting put at us all the time, things can go from good to toxic and not good for us fast. Right. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, from what you've mentioned in your experience and you've gathered a lot of wisdom, you now, I know you're a best-selling author and the topic of your books, I'm sure has come from what you've learned in life. You want to talk a little about your book series and, and, and what that's all about. Sure. So um, my book series is um, talking about using the topic of the art of seduction Mm -hmm. as a mindset principle and practice. So I know when most people hear the word like the S word, the seduction, they're like, wait a second, that's not professional. That's like an HR nightmare, you know, (laughs) like we're in bedroom, you know, like, so um, let's say that I talk about seduction from the lens of seduction equaling persuasion okay and when we look at it like from persuasion point of view and certainly for being entrepreneurs right Mm -hmm. you're either being persuaded or you're trying to persuade all day every day anyway some people call it maybe other names marketing advertisement pr spin social Mm -hmm. media influencing 
right. word of mouth, advertising, right. pop up at, right? So it can take a lot of forms, this right. dance that we're doing. Right. And so I really think that, you know, um, looking at seduction in this way allows us to have a, a break from our normal black and white mm -hmm. existence and mindset to one that's open to more possibilities, more color, um, being open to different ideas and creating a different perception, really, um, right. in how you view and look at the world. So it, the topics of the book are sort of um, put together. So it's first you explore. So in life, we want to explore the world around us. So in the first book, it's the idea, what is seduction? Why is it not bedroom? Like, it's not an SEX book, <laughs> you know, um, it's a mindset book yeah. and, you know, and confidence, right? Confidence is at the core, I think, of everything in entrepreneurship. So if your mind's not right, you don't have confidence in yourself and your abilities, it doesn't matter how slick your marketing or gurus you pay or whatever you do. It's not going to click to the full ability that it can. Sure. Um, so first we explore the world, get the concepts going. Then the second book is look about looking. So then we look at the world through what I call seducer's eyes or essentially a new you know, way of viewing. So we're yeah. all black and white. Let's look color now. Okay. Well, how does that affect us? And I talk about a hierarchy as well. So Abraham Maslow talked about hierarchy of needs right, right. and his top was self-actualizing people, right? So when you're in flow most of the time, right? You're in your calling, energy's flowing, time is just like long and short. And you know, that whole, it's like if you've played sports or, you know, you found your passion or you're really into it and you lose track of time. That's right. really where we should be functioning yes, like absolutely. all the time, theoretically. Mm -hmm. And so I create my own principles to get to my third tier, which is awakening mm. your aura of seduction. Okay. So it's that it factor, you know, so that you can have a meeting with someone and maybe you only get one interaction with them. And then lo and behold, they're that person that, they just always are sending you email referrals. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, Melissa, I met someone that's, you know, whatever. Or, and, you know, and maybe you don't always pass them referrals. Or right. like with me, um, when I did my books during COVID, and I had been off personal social media for about seven years. Okay. Um, I consulted and did it other people. So on the back end, I was doing social media, but my mm -hmm. name wasn't attached to it. Right. And so it, I had to be like, well, I've been off social. I'm going to use it, but no one's knowing what the heck. So COVID was the perfect opportunity that I could pick up the phone like old fashioned right, right. and start to reach out and connect with people. And it was surprising to me, honestly, that maybe five years or more, you know, sometimes have passed with when I maybe saw that, you know, the person last and people were picking up my call in the first or second or mm. third ring. Okay. Oh, hey, what's going on? You know, like. Yeah. Just like you don't miss a beat. Right, right. And I think that when you have that sort of like staying power, yeah. you know, with people and you make the, that impact and impression on them, mm -hmm. it's easy no matter how much time has passed that right. you are always warm to them. And in business, like warm equals cold, hard cash, well, you know, yeah, like absolutely. so. Well, speaking of, of cold, hard cash. Uh, tell us what you're doing now in, I know you have a marketing flair and, uh, books and all that kind of stuff. Let the audience know what you're doing now to help, help better other people and yourself. Right. Yeah. So for me, I've always been the type of person, um, that I 
like to share, you know, um, things that have worked for me. And I'm always the first guinea pig. Um, mm -hmm. So that's like even in the books I talk about, like everything I tell you, I've tried on myself first. I do my own social experiments mm -hmm. in life. You've heard me talk about oh, some yeah. of them. Absolutely. And um, so uh, as a result of that and um, honestly, just people watching the book launch, that just created the chain reaction of having people reach out. Hey, I saw your book hit bestseller. I want to take a book and leverage it as a marketing tool, mm -hmm. right? As an yeah. asset yeah. to be an evergreen uh, piece in my marketing game plan for my business. Right. So I'm like, oh, okay. I can teach you, you know, I can teach you how to do that. Like, it's, you know, once you get it going a few times, like, you know, the, the um, formula pretty much works. So oh, yeah. um, I have a partner, a co-partner, his name's Frank Zakari. Mm -hmm. He's also a best-selling and award-winning author. And our program that we put together is called Trust the Process. Right. Um, I think that's very appropriate in life for everything, really. And mm -hmm. it's essentially, we do a customized and curated uh, marketing campaign launch strategy for authors so that when they are ready to get the book out, they know how to do it in such a way that they leverage Amazon to their benefit so that they can become a bestseller and then you utilize that to start to further open the door and get people in on their back end offers. So it's really about um, building a book to be a funnel, a lead magnet generator for you. So of course I tell people like, you're not going to get rich from the book, right? We're probably yeah. not JKs. Yeah. We're not Stephen Kings yeah. out, out here amongst us, probably regular entrepreneurs, but it's all about visibility, credibility, expert status, right. and giving you that competitive edge, right? That's why people go and get MBAs, doctorates, mm -hmm. you know, JDs, MDs, any little distinguishing factor that makes you seem like you're this much, quote unquote, better than the yeah. next person who's probably not. Right, right. But it, the perception, right. right, work with the perceptions that you're working with. So right. go to your strengths, work with that. So it's um, it's exciting to work with authors um, on a variety of topics. Your topic was obviously great about. Um, not being a people pleaser and mm -hmm. how you've right. changed your whole life. Um, we worked with another author that she's all about talking about overcoming depression mm -hmm. um, because she was to the point of, of killing herself. Like she, yeah. she was only, she was going through processes and mm -hmm. had a gun and the whole thing. And she was very far gone, medicated for years and therapy. And so she finally, um, using neuroplasticity, which I know you talk about, retraining the brain, she's overcoming depression. And so now she's working uh, with a membership similar, you know, like how you have one to mm -hmm. further work with people in the smaller collective group to help them. So it's, you know, it's, it's very cool that we get to work with all these people. And during the 22 months since we launched the program, happy to report, we've had 11 titles hit number one bestseller and number one new release in multiple, as you know, multiple, multiple categories. Right. So, um, so yeah. yeah, that's, that's, um, that's the creative side, I think, you know, because when we work with the author, we do like customized, like content creation and right. really try to figure out what you're about, what, where you're going with it, the whys of it. We're right. into clarity because again, if you're clear, people can get behind what you have to offer. And Absolutely. so um, 
the creative process with that has been really uh, fun and um yeah just good to work with a variety of topics you know and it keeps my brain sharp too because as i learned right. from authors right mm-hmm. reading script uh scripts manuscripts yeah. then i'm like oh yeah that's great good you know this is you know keeps my funnel brains yeah. sharp and then the other thing um is just because I've always had a passion for public speaking and just sharing out this mindset principles, the um, powers of resilience mm-hmm. and all about the inner confidence components that for um, student leaders mm-hmm. and people in the higher ed world, right. uh, because I think, and you and I spoke about this, if we can start to integrate these concepts before you get to 40, yeah, imagine how much better your life will be, you oh, know, yeah, or even your late 30s. So yeah. um, now looking at these um, these places to speak on college campuses and mm-hmm. universities and that type of thing so that it, I think, plants the seeds, you know, that yes. maybe not everyone has the benefit of. So mm-hmm. that's been really fun to get a certification with that and now to be doing various meet and greets and get on the conference circuit and all that. So that's the next fun thing as well. So very impressive. Maybe some students will be writing right their book. I hope so. Right. Uh, Like they have a lot of uh, stuff they could probably teach us too. Yeah. We can learn from everybody. Well, I have to say, I did, I definitely trusted the process of your program. Trust the process. You helped me out tremendously. Um, I could talk to you all day, Melissa. So I got two final questions. Okay. First question. You're sitting down with seven to 10 year old Melissa and you want to give her advice about life. What are you going to tell her? First of all, it's okay because you'll be able to get contacts. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I had to get glasses when I was in kindergarten and I like the really thick, weird eyes. One's good, one's really bad. So I would tell her it's okay. Um, you know, don't always lose your glasses or whatever, throw them in the tree. Apparently one time I was a kid and I threw my glasses into the tree and my grandparents. And when I was in college, I got a present one year for my birthday and it was the glasses that they found when my stepdad was cutting the limbs of the tree down. They were, it grew into the tree, my glasses. I love it. All right. All right, but well, don't, don't throw your glasses into a tree can be. Yeah, don't throw your glasses into a tree. Advice. It'll be okay. You'll get contact. But I think the main message would be that, you know, everything is always going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, just as it always has, it always is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And what you think will happen is probably, it's like not going to happen. Right. Like you were saying before, like we plan and everything is like supposed to be this way. And for sure, up to a certain point, I would say I had like a path that was similar to like most of us, right? But it's like after college, right? Everyone's past just goes like in some crazy ways and things. So I would say the things that you want to accomplish, you will accomplish. And, but it's not going to probably be in the, in the, um, the end result that you think it will be when you mm-hmm. see it, <laughs> when you get here, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, cause I, in my, when I was a kid, I was either going to be a model or a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, <laughs> I but I won the young authors conference when I was in elementary school. So I always liked writing and different uh, right. things. And yeah. so 
this idea of writing has been sort of like an undertone of different things. Mm. And writing a book had been in this notebook I had for probably over 10 years. And when I looked at it uh, pre-COVID, around COVID, many of the things were already checked off that list somehow, right? Mm. Like without even keeping track of it, just having written it down at some point, I somehow checked off a bunch of these things. And then just through the universe, meeting someone in a Facebook group, getting introduced to this person, getting called out in a group to say, uh, you're writing your book, right? Now there's the book, you know? And then not for that moment, you and I wouldn't have been to where we are this moment. No, so true. So that's great advice um, that it will happen, just not the way you expect it. Different hat, last question. You are sitting down with young Melissa, the businesswoman entrepreneur, and you want to give her advice about business. What are you going to tell her? Hmm, That's a good question. I would say that I would probably tell me, keep being determined. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't give up on what you want to pursue as goals. Um, Because not all of them may be what other people think are goals that you should pursue or that they would pursue. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let others diminish your light, your confidence mm-hmm. and um, your belief in yourself. Um, because, and I think the reason I try to stay on the side that I stay on is because you know, there definitely have been a few times, you know, in my adult life where I was in a toxic personal relationship mm-hmm. and a toxic work environment relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's probably not a coincidence that they latched on around the same times with each other. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Right. And so and they both ended up being very similar to taking like my confidence away in myself and how I act and and feel and uh, do things on a day-to-day basis, meaning like at the work, you're just talking to your coworker or telling them the game plan for the day. And you're like, are you gossiping? Mm. At home, I'm texting my sister or whatever. Who are you texting? Mm. Yep. Yep. And I'm the bad one, but I'm like, I'm not a cheater. I'm, I'm not a stealer. I'm not a gossiper or whatever, you know? So that then conflicts with your true core, who you believe your core identity is. Right. And then it takes a while then to first break away from it and then get the PTSD emotions of things tied or triggers to it. And then even still after that, you still have to rebuild yourself to say, no, it's okay. You're allowed to look at your phone. You're not actually doing anything wrong. Like you're not a, a bur- cat burglar and you're not like grabbing people in the van and you know, like you're not an ax murderer. But when you get toxic yeah. or allow yourself to go there, you just think these things of yourself. And I think, you know, saying that keeping true to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and who you are, no matter how toxic the world becomes around you or knowing when it's toxic that you have to get away or it's like uh, live or die. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't that extreme, but you have to almost make things when it becomes toxic. Like it is really actually live or die. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you have, you know, you have to figure it out, whether it's move away, quit the job, Mm -hmm. get help with, you know, friends and family to get funds to do what, you know, like, yeah, your pride might take a hit sometimes to get through things that happen um, that you find yourself in sometimes. 
because of, you know, the energy and, and it, things do attach. So right, right, when you right. break away, mm -hmm. you know, that's where you then start to say, become grateful as you rebuild yourself process. Because sometimes we've had to rebuild ourselves at being a grown up more than sometimes a kid. But now oh, yeah. I think that's reversed mm -hmm. because of social media. Yeah. And the things that kids today have to face that we never did. Well, absolutely. So, yes, I mean, the advice is don't let anybody take your confidence away. You got to get give yourself that opportunity to be successful in things by doing things to get that confidence. And don't let anybody take that away from you because you earned it. So that's right. All righty. Well, um, people now have gotten to know the essence of Melissa Van Oss and they're going to want to reach out to you. Let them know how they can easily reach out to you. Sure. I am always on LinkedIn. So I think that's probably like the quickest, fastest, easiest way is to grab me on LinkedIn. Let's connect. Um, and uh, yeah, if you're interested in learning more about the book process, um, I think it's always good to just learn before you jump in. Mm -hmm. And if you already have a book done, don't market it or let it launch until we talk, you know, so um don't start all over again because once it's out there, it's a little harder, but yeah, I think everyone has a story. So if you want to tell yours and use it for sure, for your leverage of your business, let's talk. Wonderful. Well, Melissa, I'm grateful you're in my life and that we're friends. Thank you for, for being in my life and uh, you're a wonderful person. You're doing wonderful things. Keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it. Thanks, Drew. <laughs> you're welcome. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.